I like to say ABO, always be onboarding, right? <laughs> always mm-hmm. be onboarding. Think about that because at each of these big, huge transitions, that's where we need them to move forward, to, to leverage that momentum and ease them into that transition with as little friction as possible, as much momentum as possible. What does it really mean to onboard your clients in a way that makes them want to come back again and again and help you grow your business? When you start building your coaching business, you've probably heard more than once that you need to have a stellar onboarding process in place. And I cannot emphasize enough how important that process is. After 18 years in the business, I know how crucial that part is for being successful as a coach and as an entrepreneur, not just for you and your business, but to make sure your clients are successful as well. Hello, I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. In this podcast, we answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. I'm going to be discussing onboarding with a very close friend and a peer entrepreneur that will blow your minds with his insights. Today, I've invited Jason Friedman to the show. Jason is the founder and CEO, or as he calls himself, Chief Experience Officer of CX Formula. Jason and his company helps businesses improve their customer experience, increase customer loyalty, revenues, referability, and happiness all through the art and science of designing the customer experience journey. Welcome, Jason. Hey, Melinda. So excited to be here today. Thanks for having me. I am so glad that you're here. I remember many years ago, I thought I understood what onboarding was. And I remember that we were at an event together, and I can still picture the cafe that we were sitting at outside. Mm -hmm. I could not take notes fast enough with everything you were sharing about how do you bring on new clients? How do you create an experience for your clients that there's no way for them to be anything except successful? It was a game changer in my business, but it was also a game changer for me, how I personally thought about bringing on new clients. And I am so excited about this topic that we can bring some of that to our listeners today. But before we get into the topic, Just so everybody's crystal clear about what we're talking about today, how do you define onboarding? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think of onboarding maybe a little bit differently than most, but at the base core of onboarding, I think it's the active, engaged process of bringing your clients into your world and helping them through important key transitions that they go through on their journey. I love that you've got two different parts to that. First of all, bringing them into your world. And then that word right there, key transitions. You know, transitions, they can be tough. And uh, to be mindful of those transitions is also important. So I want to talk about both of those things today. What's the opposite of that? What's not onboarding? Let's go there for a second. (laughs) Well, I know you and I both say the same thing. So, uh, (laughs) you know, onboarding is not housekeeping. It's not logistics. It's not bombarding people with all the things you think you want them to know. It's really overwhelm at that point. It's one of those kind of pet peeves of mine. It's like, you know, we all do it because we feel like, oh, we need to give them all this information. They need all this stuff. And we throw all this stuff at people. And then we think, okay, we just onboarded them. They're great. And it's just not the case. Yeah. Or, you know, 
I'm still surprised when I sit down with some colleagues who are extremely successful in our industry. I'm not going to name names. And they either do what you just described, where it's like, here's everything. Here's the agreement. Here's all the information. Here's everything. Go now, have at it. And it's like, whoa, time out there, sister. Or the opposite. They sign them up and then it's like they ghosted them. There's nothing that happens until that first call or the first access to that first module, which in one of the situations I was talking to somebody about, it was over a month. And I'm like, there's this gap and you're doing nothing. They're like, no, they signed up. They'll get started when we get started. I was dumbfounded by that. Yeah, it's scary. So I believe very strongly that when people sign up for your program, for your coaching, for your course, for whatever... They're not sold 100%. They're not committed. They've set an intention, right? And so like the sale is not over yet. And so onboarding helps move them through that process to where they can actually commit to being with you in your program, in your course, in your business, in a relationship. And so it's really important. And, And especially in the beginning, you know, it's the most important part. That's where you set relationships up for success. That's where all the cognitive biases that are then maybe made negative by the, the way you onboard or the lack of onboarding come into play and you lose people for forever, possibly. It's really, really scary. And so I think it's so important right there in the beginning to be really mindful of, you know, someone said, yeah, I'm interested. I'm excited about this. They have lots of energy, lots of momentum. Now we have to take that and we have to help move them forward. That's one of the things that I talk about when I'm teaching people about the enrollment process. Enthusiasm is not a commitment. Exactly. And we have to really understand what you talk about, that intention, that excitement, that enthusiasm. That really just allows them to take that step out of their comfort zone to say, okay, I think I can do this. But then it's those next immediate steps that are critical, which is the onboarding process. So talk to us about what. What does that process look like? So the most important thing I think is that it's important to shift your perspective, right? More, more often than not, when I've worked with you know, the hundreds and thousands of clients that I've worked with over the years, the perspective is typically from that of the business because that's what we're looking through our eyes. Like we can see it that way and we talk about it that way and we, I'm going to send them an email and I'm going to do this. And we have to shift our perspective and look at it through the eyes of the customer. And so it's, they're receiving an email. It's not, I'm sending them an email. And so as we start to shift that perspective and step inside the shoes of our customer, that's where we start. We have to really start to think about how they're feeling at each of these steps on their journey. Every moment is like a roller coaster ride for people, right? We don't know necessarily what they were doing one moment before they stepped inside our program that day or what they're doing when our email comes into their inbox. And so if we can really understand our customers, our avatars, our personas, whatever your term is, and we can start to think about the experience through their lens and understand it more, I think we can start to make more sense over what steps need to happen for them to feel comfortable, for them to, you know, be more excited about what's going to happen and for them to get the information they need when they need it. Mm -hmm. So that's where I like to start. Yeah, yeah. When you first talked about the perspective, typically from the business, I know I did this when I started my coaching business, oh my Lord, 20 years ago now. And I had read the book, Raving Fans by Ken Blanchard. Loved that book when I first got started. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have raving fans. And what can I do in my business 
And it was all about the things that I could do, but from the business perspective. Mm -hmm. Now, it wasn't bad, but it could have been so much better when we take that perspective of the client. 100%. 100%. Like uh, doing things that you think are going to be great from the business perspective is not necessarily bad. It could be great. It could up-level everything you're doing. So I'm not saying it's bad, but it's not the best way to look at it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so like we have to think about the emotional journey that people are going on and, and have context. It's just so important in the beginning. And so that if you're always looking at it from the perspective of the business and not the customer, I think you lose sight of that part of it. Now, you said something earlier when you were talking about how we have to shift our perspective, not being from the business, but being from the experience of the customer. And you said the phrase, we have to give them what they need when they need it. And then you talked about the emotional journey. How do we begin to identify what that is for our people? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of it comes back down to, you know, knowing your avatar, knowing your persona, knowing that customer really well and understanding where they are on their journey. But it also comes down to, I believe, setting expectations for them through your entire process. You know, many people think that the experience that customers have really starts, you know, onboarding starts after they bought. And I believe onboarding starts way before that right? Like we're onboarding people into our worlds when they first meet our opt-in pages and our videos and our sales messages and things like that. And at that point, we're always kind of setting these expectations and helping them in a a way to kind of pre-suade what's happening. How do we start to pre-frame and pre-set people up for what's coming next? And if we're really thoughtful of their journey and where they're going all along that path, we're able to help them like acclimate better so that reptilian brain doesn't trigger like a flea response, right? They're actually understanding and they're expecting and we're moving them towards that goal. And it's a very powerful way to help people acclimate to where they're going. Now, when we talk about setting those expectations, I think it's important to be truthful. One of the things that I see is newer coaches, especially They're nervous about, you know, they're new, they've only had a handful of clients, maybe just a few courses that they've offered. And a lot of times they want to overpromise and deliver um, like overproof of what is possible and the results. And that it's like, as soon as you sign up for this, everything's going to be amazing. And one of the things after you and I had a conversation, I went back to my own onboarding talking about setting expectations. And one of the things that I say in one of the first messages to our folks is this journey is not going to be easy. The next three months together, it is no joke. That's why you can't do it alone. That's why we're going to do it together. And I just talked about what that was like. And I've had a lot of people that have come back and talk about how refreshing. It's like, okay, this is realistic. I'm ready. I'm braced for it. And then we know what to give them, when to give it to them to manage that along the way. But I think it's, it's important to be truthful and not overpromise or, or sugarcoat it or anything like that. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, 100%. I love everything you just said. It's so important. It's building trust, right? Like building trust in, in, a, in a relationship is one of the most important things, if not probably the most important thing. And if you're not truthful in the beginning, if you're overpromising or overstating what is reasonably possible, you're only going to have disappointed and unhappy customers. We all want to wow our customers, right? Like that's an amazing thing, but it could be like, wow, that sucked just as easily (laughs) as it could be. Wow, that's great. Right. And so here's how I kind of define wow, right? Wow is surprise 
of an elevated magnitude. It can be elevated positive or it can be elevated negative. If you have the expectation line, if you go well above it, you're going to get a wow. If you go well below it, you're going to get a wow. So like being truthful to your point and making sure that people really do understand what's going to happen. It's not easy, but it's important. Now let's talk about onboarding messages. Most of us have online businesses. We might meet with our clients face-to-face and that kind of thing, but really our businesses are online. So what are some examples of onboarding messages or can it be beyond messages? Can there be experiences? Yeah, both. So, you know, first and foremost, I think messaging is super important. Like one of the things that people tell me a lot after we've had a conversation is that, oh, they went back and they looked at their emails and they looked at their communications and they looked at the things that they're saying to people and they found that it's confusing. It's overwhelming. It's not what they need. It's not the right message at the right time, right? Like, again, putting that customer lens on and looking at each step and what do people need? I think they call it like reader's logic versus writer's logic, right? How a message is received may not be the same way that you send it at. And it's the same idea. It's like putting on your customer's lenses. Read the message from the customer's point of view. Get in character, have other people read it and understand what's going on. So I think messaging, communications, like that is super important. And I think that's where I would start for sure. Um, But then the second piece of that is looking at the time to first value. People are looking for wins, right? They want to feel success. They want to feel that they're moving forward and that positive things are happening. And so it's, it's important to like reduce the amount of time to them receiving value as quickly as possible. And so we look at how do we get that down to very little? And part of that is defining what is value, right? And value is the perception of the customer, right? It's not necessarily that they have to receive something tangible. It's not that they have to get a certificate. It's not that they have to get a package in the mail or anything like that. It's like, how do they feel like they've made some progress? It's not just signing up for the course. That might scratch an itch that they had, oh, wow, I feel good. Now I have something. But then buyer's remorse kicks in and, and all these other things happen that, that distract them or make them question, should I be doing this? And so how can we help them have a win as close to the first moment that they signed up to come in as possible? And as we start to look at their journey, the more that we can give them those wins in as rapid succession as possible, the more momentum they will build. Another way that I like to look at that, just to kind of make sure I'm not missing anything, I ask the opposite question. Where can I reduce friction? For some reason, when I also ask that question, it will pull out some additional things, not just thinking about the wins, but it will help me really look at my customers and see where are they getting stuck? Where are they digging in their heels? And what can I do about it? Yeah, that's the number two thing that we look at. I love that too. So then the next thing is like, we want to get them a win. We want to know when that win is happening, right? So we want to figure out where is that win going to be? And then we want to look at how are we making it as smooth a slide for them, right? We have a new program that we're about to launch. It's called the Kinetic Customer Formula. And it's about taking your potential customers, customers that have all this potential and moving them into action. And so the whole idea behind this is like momentum is the king or the queen. It's the gold standard. That's where we want to be. And so removing any kinds of friction points is like the next most important step. So we have to figure out where we're going to put their wins in place so that we know where we're going. And then we have to remove as much friction as possible. And one of the places that we try and focus on is the transition points, right? 
here's what we're teaching them in lesson one. Here's what we're teaching them in lesson two. Here's what we're, you know, doing on our first coaching goal. Here's what we're doing in a second. What's happening in the transitions? The transitions are the easiest place sometimes because we overlook them to remove a lot of that friction and help people increase momentum in those transitions. Once we get their attention and their focus, we don't want to lose it. We want to keep it. We want to build on that momentum. And it's those transition moments where we really lose everything. And so the more you can focus on tightening up those transitions and thinking about them in that way and rehearsing them, the better it will be. I, like I, these are game changers. Like every business I've worked with that has focused on the transitions and removed friction and even done some things, we call them momentum inducers. What can you do to induce some momentum and help people move through those transitions, right? And especially if the transition is kind of going uphill. So what can we do in those transitions or in those moments to induce more momentum to help them? And there's you know, a laundry list of different ways to do that, but it's really looking and identifying like, am I going into something that's going to require more work, more difficulty, something new that they don't understand, some kind of confusion, more time commitment, less touch, and I need to add some more you know, personal touch or you know, human touch or a tech touch or whatever those things are. It's looking in those moments. There's, there's gold in those moments. There is gold in those moments. Now, one of the things when we were sitting at that cafe outside and, and we were having this conversation and you were blowing my mind about all of this, you gave me a question that forever, my team, they're like, oh, yes, we know, Melinda. Like they get tired of me saying it, but I never say it enough. And it's always asking, what is the customer thinking, feeling, doing, and saying at every step? Mm-hmm. And that is how I keep tabs on the perspective to make sure I'm staying in the customer experience rather than the business experience. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I love that. And that's that's the foundation of how we help people really look at their business, right? It's the whole idea of looking at the pathway that the customers go on. So the questions are are spot on, right? What are they doing? What are they thinking and expecting? You know, what are they using? Who are they interacting with? And most importantly, how are they feeling? And so as you look at it through those kind of five dimensions, um, you get a gold mine of information. And the trick to it, like you said, is to look at it from the client perspective and asking those questions of the client, like, what am I doing now? What am I thinking or what was I expecting about this moment? How am I interacting with you? What am I using? Who am I interacting with, if anybody? And then most importantly, how am I feeling? From there, you can start to map out that emotional journey. Customer experience is not something you do. It's actually how the customer feels. Customer experience, positive or negative, is a result of all the other pieces, right? And we talk about, oh, I'm going to create a great experience. And that's great. I'd say it too. But in reality, it's the result of all the things we do. It's all the elements that are happening. It's, but it's, it's how that customer feels after being touched by your company. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to create a positive experience, knowledge is power, right? If you really understand how they're going through that, you'll be able to look and say, okay, where are my points of pain? Where are those friction points? Where are the points of pleasure? Where are these amazing moments that are great? And then where is there nothing? Where is the energy down? Where is it just kind of humdrum? How do I induce momentum, add engagement, do other things that make it better? I like to think of it as composing a symphony, Mm -hmm. right? And you're Mm -hmm. really looking at, if you ever listen to like the great symphonies out there, they, they get louder, they get softer, they get faster, they get slower. You feel something, right? Because it moves you through those pieces. And there's emotions tied to it. 
And I like to think of the journey your customers go on to be very much that way. And you are the composer in your business. And the more you understand the notes that are being played and the harmonies or the dissonance that's created when they don't match, you can make things better just by breaking it out in those five ways with those five elements and looking at it that way. It gives you enough knowledge without making it difficult to do this exercise to really figure out what's happening. Love that exercise. And, you know, we've been talking about onboarding. Well, we originally were talking about it as the point that they say yes until the point they get started with the first coaching session or module or lesson or whatever it is that you do. But really, like you said earlier, it starts beforehand. But how do you get your clients into the experience? How do you engage them in the process in your world? But how do you work with them? And it goes beyond just coaching. So those of you that are listening in, they're like, well, I just, I don't have a course. I don't have a program. It's just me and my one-on-one coaching. Creating a great experience is not just creating or providing great coaching. That's a piece of it, but it is so much more than that. Yeah, I mean, I love what you said. So yeah, we're talking about the entire journey. We're talking about the customer experience. We are teaching people how to onboard. But what I'm also asking people to do is to suspend their preconceived notion, like unlearn what onboarding means to them, relearn it this way, and then apply onboarding at key transitions in your business. So not like necessarily each time there's like a little shift, but what are the big stages that people go through in your business? And for some of us, like for coaches, there might be like the first several sessions, and then there's a big shift to this next thing. How do you onboard them into that next level? Like what sets them up for success? What do we need to do to set expectations? How do we need to help them get a quick win? Like using all the same kind of frameworks, we can take onboarding and keep applying it. A lot of times people forget to onboard people that were already customers into another program. Mm-hmm. They make assumptions that, oh, they already know us. They know what to expect. No, right. absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's a different group, different dynamic, different operating model, different expectations. And the client is in a new place, right? They're in a whole new place. Now they have new challenges. Now they have new fears. Now they have new doubts. And they're at that starting point again for that. It's kind of like that spiral upward. And so we have to treat them that way. Exactly. To me, you can apply what we're talking about with onboarding to every stage of your journey. It's the same kind of tools, but just know that it's, it's most important at key transitions, right? So if they get onto your email list and then you're going to sell them into your coaching program on a webinar, getting them into that webinar, that's a key transition. How do you onboard them on your webinar, in your sales video? What does that look like, right? Like <laughs> always mm-hmm. be onboarding. Think about that because at each of these big, huge transitions, That's where we need them to move forward, to leverage that momentum and ease them into that transition with as little friction as possible, as much momentum as possible, and and really care for them in each of those pots. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I hear you talk about a lot is having this whole onboarding, paying attention to the customer journey experience. It's the best way to build your business, especially as a new coach. And, And a lot of coaches, they're like, yeah, 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 I'll get to that. But talk to our listeners about why it can't be a, oh, yeah, I'll get to the onboarding eventually. Why is it such a powerful way to build your business? And this is the bane of my existence, right? Getting people (laughs) to focus on this now 
you know, we focus on urgent, not important in most aspects of our lives, right? It's frustrating for me because there's so many courses and programs and things out there that teach you how to get more customers, how to improve your traffic, how to improve your conversions, how to, you know, do a better webinar, how to do a better launch, how to do a better this, how to create content. But there's very few things out there that really teach you how to support your customers the right way through their journey. So, I mean, it's one of the most important things you could possibly do. And when you start, where do you start? Start at the beginning. Start by the onboarding, because that's where you will cement the foundation for a a great relationship and then go through the rest of it. Jason, you and I can keep talking about this topic for many, many hours, but I want to summarize some of the amazing things that we've covered so far. We talked about what onboarding was, and I love how you defined it as the active, engaged process to bring clients into your world and through key transitions, and that you covered both of those. We talked about what it's not, how onboarding is not just housekeeping, having them sign an agreement, scheduling their first session, or whatever that might be. Like That is not onboarding, and if we're not careful, that housekeeping can tip us over into overwhelm, or we just ghost our people. And that's not good either, but we need to really pay attention and shift from, you talked about shifting from the perspective of the business, what we need to do to and for our customers and shift it into the eyes of seeing everything, the experience of our customers. Instead of saying, I need to send an email, they're receiving an email. Just that little shift helps us to understand how they're feeling at each step of the journey so that we can give them what they need when they need it. We talked about how to identify the emotional journey of our customer, knowing our avatar, setting the expectations, being truthful and building trust. I love that you reminded us that onboarding is not just when they buy, that it actually starts sooner than that. And we're creating that experience that they have with us before they ever buy from us. We talked about some examples of onboarding messages and identifying the different steps of what people need. You talked about the reader's logic versus the writer's logic and and how a message is received could be different than how it was written. And we've got to understand that feedback. We talked about the time to first value, reducing the amount of time before they have that win. How do we reduce that friction? How do we create the momentum inducers? What's happening at the moments of transition. And then we got into those five key areas. What are they thinking, feeling, doing? What are they using? Who are they interacting with? That is exactly what can help us map out the emotional journey of our customers and really begin to understand them every step of the way. You talked about always be onboarding. It's not just at the very beginning when somebody buys. It's at every transition. How do you onboard them to the next step? And then the next step, how do we create that momentum? How do we help them get those quick wins? How do we reduce that friction, not just at the beginning, but all along the way? Jason, is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about this topic? We covered a lot of stuff. I know, right? Oh my gosh. You know, uh, last thoughts that I would leave is just really pay attention to the customer side we spend so much time as business owners in that sales. We're taught that sales can solve all of our problems. But if we lose sight of supporting our customers and obsessing over getting them results, we're not going to have a business. It makes it a lot easier when we spend the time and invest the time 
on helping our customers be successful. You know, I usually don't do this, but I also have parting words because I, I saw this big star on my notes. And I don't think I said this in the summary, but another one of my favorite takeaways was when you talked about when somebody signs up with you, that's just an intention. It represents an intention that they have. Mm. They're not sold 100%. The sale is not over yet. Onboarding is where commitment happens. That's where they get into action and action speaks louder than words. And that's where the, the sale is complete because they begin their journey. I think that right there, when we can remember that yeah. as business owners, we can remember to keep serving our people through the whole experience. That's awesome. I, I appreciate that. One of the key steps we have when we onboard people into our programs is we have a whole part on commitment right in the onboarding and we ask them to make one and we make one together. And mm, so I think that's an important that. step and we call it out. You know, you set an intention. We love that. Now we're ready to commit, right? Ooh, good. It's an important step in the process. And honestly, I believe more often than not, that is their first win. Because they yeah. step into a different, it's like there's an identity shift that happens. I was a window shopper and now I'm a customer, Yeah. right? Like they step into a new identity. And I think it's really important as they evolve and they go through the coaching that you're providing and the programs that you're offering and whatever your business is, they will be yet another identity at the end. And so we need to have them establish that first solid footing where they say, yes, I'm going to do this. And then the rest is a lot more fun and a lot easier to get them through it. Very true. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a giant thank you to Jason for this incredible conversation about onboarding and so much more. You can find out more about him at onboardingsuccess.com. That's onboardingsuccess.com. Jason, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thanks, Melinda. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mirror CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Once Upon a Business and Course Lab. Cynthia Lamb produced this episode. I wrote this episode with Mishi Lance. She assembled the episode. Danny Eni is our executive producer, and post-production was by Post Office Sound. To catch upcoming great episodes on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Miracy. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. 
Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.